Welcome back to Two C's with a pod special third. Look at this. I got a guy here with me. Whoa. I got a guy in real life. (laughs) IRL Bruce Pilcher in my living room. Well, actually dining room. Um, We got a special special episode here that only there's only one man that can sit in on this. (laughs) We brought back our resident Two C's baseball historian. Exactly. Mr. Bruce Pilcher to talk about this monumental day. Uh, you know, everybody wants to celebrate the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, you know, anniversaries. Right. right. That's not us. We right. celebrate the 23rd anniversary of things. That's right. Sure. And so today we are here to do a watch along and to celebrate the 23rd anniversary yeah. of Mark McGuire breaking Roger Maris's record. Right. So uh, get in your way back machines with us. Local, Fire kid, up your Ro- local kid Roger Mayers, by the way. <clears throat> Roger Mayers, Kansas City. Local guy. kid. Yeah. People don't uh, know that. Not a ton of people know that. Fire up your, your YouTube machine over there and punch in. Yeah. Uh, Mark McGuire hits number 62. And okay. we are actually watching a WGN uh, broadcast. Be careful, be careful what number you type uh, in. Make sure it's yeah, 62. It was, Very yeah. important. <laughs> Mark <laughs> McGuire hits number 62. And we're going to start at the five minute and 41 second mark because we don't need to hear these marks, you know, talking it in and all that. So right. um, we're going to get we're going to get right into the uh, right into the game. Yeah, so, all right. Here we go. Bruce, count us in. Give us a three, two, one. When you say one, I'm going to hit play okay. and we're going to do a watch along. Here we go. You ready, Matt? Yes. We're watching the September 8th, 19. 19- 98 game between the Cubs and the Cardinals in St. Louis. This was in September and definitely a good time of the year because it was early fall and everyone was building up to this maximum idea that we would have someone break this record of Maris's, which had only stood for three years. But now in 98, we have Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa both on this tirade of trying to capitalize that moment of getting more than 61 homers. Now, Toward the end of this, there was some dry spells for McGuire. He had a, about a week before he hit this home run in this game. He was not hitting as many as he had been regularly. But then after that, he had another brief spell. But then toward the end of the season, which is a few weeks away from this broadcast, it, it, he got clear up to 70. And on the last day, he hit 69 and 70 on the very last day of the season, of the last home game season anyway. But McGuire was quite a character, and really, as we will see here, you can see how muscular he was, and his nickname is Big Mac, and old Big Mac really brought a lot of attention to the game then. Remember, they'd had a strike three years prior to this. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Give me a three, two, one. We're going to hit play, and we'll talk through through the strike and all that. So count, count us in. One, two. Three and play. We are at the five minute 41, 42, 43. First uh, baseman. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so you see Mac is taking his uh his warm-ups yeah, here. He's taking his we warm-up are, tosses. Uh, we're about to see all-time Chicago Cubs great Lance Johnson <laughs> come oh, up to uh to yeah, Lance was their leadoff hitter, left-hander, pretty fast, played second base. Both these teams had really pretty good lineups. So number six, you, was it hit the day before? Was it hit on the seventh? Oh, uh, let me think. 
I can't be sure I, re I didn't remember that. And I will say that it was pretty close, although he did have kind of a bad spell there right before that. But then, then when he hit 62, he had a couple of days and then he had another dry spell. And then toward the end is when he had Jack to clear up to 70. Yeah. Okay. I kind of thought it was a couple of days. I thought, you know, he kind of got, you know, I almost, you know, my conspiracy theory was like, oh, they're milking it for the, you know, he's waiting not to hit a few because they're yeah. getting all the all the press and all the uh, the eyes on him. But no, I, I feel like I remember it took him a second once he got real close. Yeah, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe three or four. Not not a ton, you know, but like two to three games if I remember. But I, I again, I could be completely. I think that's right, that. Matt. So much pressure. It, I think really that's right. interesting. You see all the cameras flashing. You see the sold out stadium um, again, just a really um, probably one of the, the the really marker times where all eyes were on a baseball game, you know, yes, beyond right. the World Series, beyond, you know, in some ways, even some of the what would be considered bigger games. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So he, he did hit it on the, the day before. Good. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, totally so wrong. This is game number 145. So 145. if you remember part of the asterisk on Maris was that, uh, so Babe Ruth set the record with 60, but he did it in what? 154 game yeah. season. Right. Maris hit his 61st. It was like the first season. Was it? What year was that? Was that? I 19? think you're right. It's about the time they instituted 162 yeah. games. Maris hit his in the 162nd yeah. game. Right. He almost didn't get it done the very yeah. last so, day. Yeah, Maris was sitting. Uh, Maris was sitting on 61, and then nobody touched that 61 for quite a while. Yeah. Like there was a couple guys that got in there. You know, uh, friend of the show, Albert Bell, Joey yeah. Bell. Yeah, uh, piece of work. He. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one of the kindest guys in baseball. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I know you're right. No. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Maris hit his, um, he hit his 61 and 61. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at 27 years between that, that, that record had stood. Yeah. It's really um, impressive. And it, yeah. again, it was just a lot of fun and obviously it made 10 times funner with Sosa. Um, so Sosa's in the house for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's just a really, it's just the whole thing came together, right? For baseball. What a, what a miracle for baseball in some ways, right? Like um, just a really, but then sadly it does have that undercurrent that we got to talking yeah. about a little bit prior to, but tell us more. Yeah. You were, you were talking a little bit about the season that the Cardinals were having um prior to you know so like let's let's hear kind of more of that build up to what was as know, we see lance johnson fly yeah, out to center yeah, field yeah. for the first Solid out of the game lance. langford was in center well you know if lance, if lance johnson was had was better he wouldn't have flying out flow yeah. out there but whatever um, Hernandez. But yeah how's the how's the cardinals doing up to this point as a team well they were doing pretty well matt but they didn't really have that banner season i was talking to him before we started watching that they only won 83 games that year. Well, that sounds pretty good, but that's really only four over 500. And yeah. they finished third in the Central Division, which means if they, I don't even know if they had a wild card berth then or not, but I know they didn't get very far if they did get the playoffs. And the, right. actually, the Cubs won that Central Division that year. So what was surprising about this team with a bunch of good players, they just didn't put it together that well. 
And if you it have is, time, we yeah. can go over the roster. You could, a lot of these names, even though you guys are younger, you would know a lot of these names if I named you the 1998 team. Because the guys, That's Ray Langford, Ray Langford, I remember you said well, playing and, center. Ray Langford's a good ball player. Yeah, I mean, he had him many years. The great thing about watch alongs is we're going to see these guys come up to the plate. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but 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 what I'm I'm always curious about is, and it goes back to the age old conversation of distraction in on a team, right? right. And does a thing like McGuire situation actually kind of hurt the team as a whole? The yes. attention the pressure, all that piece of it. And so not that that's McGuire's fault, nor is it, you know, in any way avoidable. It's just kind of more the nature of our, the media nowadays, um, the pressure nowadays and how it is, but then maybe there's something to that, you know? You raise a good point, man. It's tough to keep chemistry when everybody is publicizing one player so heavily. And that's, uh, that's the bottom line. Well, in the defense of the Cardinals, I think, Larusa had already gone through a lot of this with the Oakland teams where Canaseco and McGuire had been. And so he kind of knew that you, you got to keep, keep that chemistry in order. So you got to sure. do what you can to see that the other players are properly recognized. And I think they had a pretty good medium on that in spite of all the circus like activity around it. There was a pass ball. Yeah. We, we take 83 wins. Yeah. That's what's funny as a car. I mean, I, we, you know, I think we're all, on the record probably of how we feel about the Cardinals, all three of us here on this, on this international podcast um, here. Um, And I'm no fan of the Cardinals. And a lot of it has to do with jealousy. I mean, it's pure. They have always been a good ball team. They always get the attention here in Missouri. Um, There's kind of a natural rivalry there, of course. So when you say, yeah, we had a kind of a down season, had 83 wins for us that's a pretty darn good season for the Royals. You know, we go, Hey, the things yeah. are looking up around here, you know? And so it isn't just an interesting thing as well. Look at Mark Grace up there. Yeah. Good there's ball player. Good ball How player. long Mark Grace played. Oh, he Mark, had a lot of years uh, too. When, yeah. Back in the day when, uh, when I was doing the video games, you know, and would, uh, you could make your own team. Right. Yeah, Mark Grace was always, a, a, I always make sure that Mark Grace got good, good ratings. He's a plus, man. I mean, he gave you the good bad. He had good defense, good, solid, solid hitter, solid player. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, up the middle. Up the middle. Scored a run. Oh, boy. Oh, well, I mean, we'll see, obviously. I'm curious. uh... No spoilers, but who wins this game? That's the other piece, right? It's like, I don't know if we want to spoil it or not. I I hope the Cardinals don't get shut out in this game. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. I don't think that's going to happen, Andy, but it was a nice hit that McGrace right up the middle. He's just always that's, talk that's a lot about vintage that Mark Grace there too, really. But that would be another subject. That's Royce Clayton, who's at shortstop there, oh, and he was the uh, successor to Ozzy. Yeah. And there's whole money stories about that because that caused Ozzy a lot of difficulty because he wasn't really ready to give up the starting position. Right. But it ended up that Larusa decided that it was time for them to have another shortstop, and so Royce Clayton became their like St. Louis shortstop. I remember Royce Clayton. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. It's amazing how much you this this was a time when, and again, for baseball so needed that it brought your eyes to the game. And so in some ways it you all the peripheral people you still remember in some ways, too, from these years, because yeah. it was such a time when everyone was watching baseball all the time or following it. It was, you know, that's right. And then it, the WGN piece. Look at WGN. things, Matt, because. 
that strike in 94, 95 yeah, really hurt exactly. baseball. Sure. And a lot of people are still, even to this day, I was talking to somebody said, she said, no, I'm never going to go back. And I said, what are you talking about? It's 25 years ago. Come on. What do you mean you're not going to go back? She's still mad at the strike. That's amazing. Well, some people, but that's Midwest for you in some ways too, right? We, we will hold a grudge. Yeah. Um, we'll be as kind as we can be, but we'll also, will hold a grudge yeah, on you. So, that's right. um, but that's a great, that's a great point. Well, and that, that's the other thing too, that, you know, I know we're going to get into the aftermath and the controversy later, but, you know, when we, we look at it with 1998 eyes and you talk about sandbagging and stuff, this was a nationally televised game. Yeah, that's right. And I believe it was in the middle of the week. Yep. There, there's another hit. Sosa hit that one. Um, so, I mean, Fox got a national televised baseball game, you know, on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about like TV ratings and stuff like that. Or everything's down in the summer. Yeah, because people are on vacation. Um, you know, there's it's daylight till eight nine o'clock at night. So, you know, the where it gets you know dark at five six in the afternoon, people aren't like, oh, well, let me go inside and watch TV. You know, they're they're out doing stuff. And, you know, there's just more yeah, activities going right. on during the summer. So, um, yeah, you know, you for baseball to kind of to that point 94 yeah. that strike season a lot of people did not 95 96 97 like people were not really like baseball had kind of lost its appeal lost its appeal it's lost yeah. its luster well, when and then you, you get, get out of a swing when you get used to something not being there you find right. things to replace it you know and yeah. and absolutely i mean that's a huge part of it look at this shot how what a miracle they're they're just dying in the production booth right now right that that sosa hit that single right here at the beginning of the game so that you can get all those shots of mcguire sosa together chumming it up laughing right. i mean again it was this level of storybook piece that that really all came together so again i think there's always been rumors of you know traxel kind of you know tossing one up to mcguire too to just kind of get it over with you know the game you know depending on the situation and game you know whatever it was so i do think um the other piece is like you said and i'll go back to your point wgn right whether it this was whether it was this game we were seeing a lot of cubs games Right. And I've always we've talked about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Right. That's a huge part of their kind of national appeal is that WGN was always on our TVs, you know, Chicago channels, you know, so we got to see them a lot, you know. Yeah, this was before the time where like today your your team is always on. Yeah, exactly. If you have the right cable channel, there's Gaetti driving in a run. uh, Damn, Cubs are on fire. Uh, and the Cubs are they're gonna need a they're gonna need a lead. You know, they, yeah. they the Cardinals have this McGuire guy. He can he can he can He's turn decent. the game. They really started um, off in a but uh these Cubs in this game. It looks like there's some heat there with uh McGuire and Gaetti. They almost yeah. look like they're gonna fight. Former uh, Minnesota twin, right? He's yeah. he was around the well, Gaetti forever. Uh, and here's an interesting thing about Gaetti in this season. Bruce, tell us uh tell us well, about Gary Gaetti. I was looking at the rosters here with you guys, and I was surprised that Gaetti played with both teams that year. He played 91 games with the Cardinals and about 40 with the Cubs. So wow. in September here, he must have been one of those guys that was traded toward in the, the uh, trade period, and he ended up playing with the Cubs in this game, which oh, I thought funny. was interesting. And you were right, Matt. He played for a lot of people. He played for the Twins. He played for the Royals. 
Yeah. He had a lengthy career as well. Yeah, really it's really interesting. Some of these guys just kind of journeymen, you know, but are always great, good ball players. Or there's guys like Mark Grace. Oh, nice, nice video here, commercial. Um, but uh, the uh, like Mark Grace, who pretty much played his or play, I'm pretty much did he play his whole career with the Cubs? I mean, almost did, at the end, did he go somewhere? Well, I know, I don't, I think Grace might have had a little time with Arizona before he was done. But oh, that's right. But that's I don't right. really. Everybody went to Arizona there at the end for a yeah. while. Yeah, they they really started to pick a lot of people up before they were done. I was thinking of people like Steve Finley. Right, exactly. Like that. Exactly. They, they ended up, and there were others that ended up in Arizona before they quit. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Williams even ended up being a, either a coach or a manager for Arizona. Matt Williams, you're right. He did. He absolutely did. Yeah. yeah good timing there, producer. We got to we got to watch a little toe fungus commercial. Nice. Maybe yes. while look, you, uh... look who else was in this game. Delino De Shields. Yeah. Oh, they had a good lineup, Matt. Look at here. Tatis, McGuire, Langford, Gant. Why is this team only won 83 games? I also, also, up. I mean, you've, you've got a uh, you've got a, a distraction in the locker room. Yeah, it's hard, uh, and it, and it, sometimes in baseball it just doesn't come together. Yeah, and then the other right. piece is what I'm not loving about this, Bruce, is how many of these guys now have juniors that are playing currently, yeah, or juniors of their juniors almost. You know, like our, isn't there a Tatis Junior? There's a um, yeah, a Delano De Shields Junior, right? Is right. a ball player. That's now, true. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero's kid. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. It is a little bit um dis- disheartening. Yeah. It just, getting... it just means we're old. Yeah. No, no, I know. You're getting older. <laughs> it's terrible. Who's this? Oh, Delino Desh- He Delino had a good career Shields, too. Yeah. Good little slap hitter. Yeah. Good little player. Just uh and my, we right are now, at, he's uh... a he's a minor league well, he was a minor league coach with the Reds, but now he's uh a coach with the Reds. Look at this. We're gonna bunt to get the on. Line He's in. Did he get get it? Did he make it? Oh, they didn't. They, he he had to be there. Yeah, yeah he is. He's there. That's good. All right, we are at 19, 28, 29, 30, 31. If uh, for those of you scoring at home or if yeah. you're alone. Yeah, who's this pitching for the Cubs? Traxel. Traxel. Oh, that's Traxel with the hair. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Got it. Oh, that wasn't a real good throw, but he was probably there anyway. Got himself. Uh, so you you think that Traxel grooved one? Oh, I I can't remember. How late is it in this game? Again, I don't remember. What, maybe it was the Bonds. Maybe it was more the Bonds one Yeah. The, that beat McGuire's. That was the one that was a little more suspect than this one. I the, can't remember. The yeah. uh, Cal Ripken one is pretty – legendary for being grooved yeah that's true that would probably be the most one with um with that kind of publicity i mean do you right okay so let me play devil's advocate here you're you're steve traxel do you really want to be the guy that was known as the guy that gave up yeah 62 i I don't know i i I, no but i also know there's also some guys that also wouldn't care either yeah. Okay, like maybe me on my end, I'm going no, but I also know there's some guys that could easily just say, Hey, I'm gonna put one up for him. Now, the difference between the difference between literally throwing him a lollipop and just kind of grooving one is a difference, too. You know, like if you don't want to give up the the lap, the 62, then you freaking throw him four balls and walk him. 
Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a level of, and that was happening to bonds. It was happening to him, you know, and all of them as they got, you know, especially as this, this, you know, long ball era became a thing, right. it became a thing to almost just kind of shack, hack a shack them basically. And just <laughs> the equivalent of fouling Shaquille O'Neal and putting him on the line, which is yeah. essentially walking, walking these guys rather than pitch to him. Was it Larusa that walked bonds with the bases loaded? Intentionally <laughs> walked would. in. He yeah, absolutely he, would and not I care. I wouldn't put a past Tony to do that. Of course not. <laughs> he absolutely he's the only guy that would just care and, and sit there in that in that media afterwards and just take every question and tell him all to kiss his butt, you know, that he yeah. did it because he thought it was the best thing to do. I can't believe he's still waddling out there and, and hollering about he's put he but then here you go. The White Sox are winning, right? And they're in the first yeah. place. So what what can you say? Well, we were talking about this too. Who got MVP that year? Uh, this year, Sosa. That, that kid right there. Sosa got right there MVP. on the screen. Yeah. And you know, Sosa had a good batting average that year as well. So these guys, they were doing more than just hitting home runs. They really were. Yeah. Sosa's, oh, I, I mean, honestly, objectively, Sosa, right. Sosa was a, because he would give you some defense, right, too. I mean, a little bit when McGuire is playing a position, it's going to be tough, yeah. even in its nature, to give you much. Not that he was a bad defensive Tasteman, you know, but he also it's hard to compare to playing, you know, in the outfield. Well, you know, we were talking a little earlier too about oh, he's the, picked uh, off, isn't he? Oh, got him. Got him. Yeah, I would think. Gotcha, Traxel's always had a great move. You know, it, the '90s people started sniffing that record. Yeah. So that was the, uh, um, you know, I mean, the year before. McGuire hit 58. 58. Yeah. And Griffey hit 56. Griffey always seemed to be chasing it too. Yeah. But he always seemed to get hurt. Yeah. Exactly. And the year wow. before, too, McGuire <laughs> got traded that to should... the Cardinals midway through the season. Yes. That's right, right from Oakland. Um, the, the one that kind of stands out is like uh, Brady Anderson. Yeah. Remember Brady Anderson? He had those Luke Perry sideburns. Yeah. Um, and he he hit fifty, um, you know. And then there was was he with the Orioles? He was with the Orioles, yeah. yeah. And then there was you know we talked about Albert Bell and yeah. Cecil Fielder had both hit fifty, yeah. Um, you know, and that was kind of the first time like uh, Fielder in ninety. Yeah, here's your first at bat of McGuire's. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's but let's uh, let's drop in here and see what they they've got. A I mean I'm gonna we're gonna lay out. We'll we'll listen. We'll track it. These, <laughs> these captions are great. The choir has walked an incredible 147 times. Mark the choir. Matthew McGuire now. Say the 
And the player can't see the sign anywhere. <laughs> Three balls, no strikes. Up pitch. That's ball ground ball for the shortstop on the 3-0. That's on 3L. Yeah, so I mean, he he had a hittable pitch there on three zero. Yeah, he did. He had a very hittable pitch, uh, but he. There were a lot of things that come around. I think about it too. You think about the new stadium in St. Louis around that time, which was built perfectly for him. You know, whether purposely or not, you know, he was able to kind of have that shorter porch there. You know, and and I, I don't know. It's just really. Um, interesting again to see the level of production value in this of how they're side to siding with sammy sosa you know as he's as he's also taken the the play and how good sosa was right like, again there was a level of like perfect characters in here too you've got you know a kind of a younger the black kid you know who's got a little more charisma smile you know just a happy go lucky fun guy then you got mcguire who's more of this you know white guy who's just more of like a working class you know yeah. big strong dude that's like i mean there's so many levels of storybook to this that every time i keep watching this i keep going back to like what you, baseball could not have written a better script you know no you're right. Man. Well, and that's that's the thing too, is that it it was kind of one of those things where they kind of needed it. Yeah, they, they needed it to bring people back. Desperately needed it. They did. Um, and that was the you know, regardless of what happened five six years down the road, right? That these two rejuvenated interest in baseball and in general, right? Yes, so absolutely, will they get there? You know, like. Yeah. And I think that ultimately, um, I would say that Major League Baseball 100%, well, first of all, Major League Baseball knows, but there's also the Players Association. Yes. So you've got the MLB and you've got the MLBPA. Yeah. So, you know, realistically, it would be more of an issue that the MLBPA would have mm -hmm. because, right. I mean, they're the ones that, you know, okay, either we're all going to do it or we're not. Yeah. Oh, I think that's what they're running into now with the sticky stuff for the pitchers, right? I yeah. mean, that's the piece is that it does no matter how many, and let's be honest, that's, that's, it's not just their union, right? It's every union has, has little sub unions inside the union or little, you know, and then every organization has that, right? Yes. So your pitchers, yes, are part of a larger baseball players union, but then they also are competing and playing against, you know, everyday players and hitters yes. who are going, hey, bros, you can't be putting all this crap on the baseball. You know, it's just we can't do it. And so then you get in some ways, you know, two sides in the same union, right, where in, you've got it right here with steroids obviously if we're going to go to that conversation now of like yes exactly like is this a fair playing field for all of us and who's right. who's mad is it is it the owners i don't know i think the owners are the least mad right they're they're the they're the least worried they're they're putting butts in seats and they're making money and people are watching on tv that's right well and this is also the time too where you're probably you know cable's really starting to become a thing yes. it's Everyone becoming it. everyone's starting to have it yeah you know we're starting to see 24-hour news stations because remember three years before this was the oj mm -hmm. and i think 
was the OJ trial over by this time? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like, okay. But so it the, was all kind of still boiling because you had the civil trial after you had yeah. all this. But I think that, yeah, it did go close to two years, but yeah. I don't so, think it was. Yeah, so the, the nation kind of needed a feel-good story. Yes. And yeah, but then what, again, it's got these, it's got some racial undertones though, of like the black guy and the white guy both going for it, you know? And again, it's yeah. a really interesting dynamic. Well, yeah, it's supposed yeah. to kind of came, came out of nowhere yeah, on it true. too. Like the, the few years before it was Griffey. Like it, I think everybody had assumed that Griffey was going to be the guy. Yeah. Because he was younger. It, you're right. You know, Cause Griffey was Griffey like, was he was so mashing these things. Like Griffey would always start out super hot. Yeah. And he would be well ahead of pace. Yeah. And then he'd catch a hamstring or there'd yeah. be some nagging injury that would take him out for 10 or 15 games. And then he ultimately would, would fall short. And I think that's, that's right. the, the interesting thing. I know we're going to talk about the steroids. Um, that's the interesting thing about McGuire is he was able to break it because he didn't get hurt. Yes, it's true. So that's what, that's what sidebarred a lot of these guys that were making runs at this is that they would get hurt. Yep. And they would go on the DL for a 15, 15 day DL. Yeah. And that's the thing with baseball is it's every day. Yeah. So every day you could wake up and you could say, well, where's McGuire and Sosa? Yeah. Where are they? You know, they're chasing a, they're chasing a ghost. Where are they in relationship to that? You know, I, yeah. Um, you know, the Olympics were just kind of just in, you know, not too uh, distant rear view. You know, I like watching like the swimming and the track and stuff like right. that. And they have that world record line. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are in the pool and they're, they're getting close to the world record and they've got that world record awesome. line. And you're, you're seeing that line move. Um, I mean, you cool. can wake up every morning and you could see, okay, did, okay. Sosa hit two last night. So Sosa's at yep. 47 yeah. and McGuire's at 43. Oh, yeah. McGuire hit three. And Sosa didn't hit any. Oh, McGuire yeah. hit, four, you know. And, yeah, and you could see him kind of going back and forth through the the whole year, but is that a Drew Carey a but, Drew Carey um, patch that they the Chicago Cubs have on? By the way, yeah, Drew Carey, yeah, famed famous uh, Chica- famous Chicago, Chicago Cub uh, announcer Drew Carey. Oh, um, Harry Carey. Oh. No, <laughs> yeah, Harry I and it did look like Drew Carey for a second. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. Uh, did he just die that, around then? Speaking of yeah. Harry Carey, this Chip Carey that's on this broadcast, that's the oh, uh, what's it, grandson of Harry Carey, grandson. grandson. Oh God, grandson! Of course it is. Harry Carey, I can never hear that's good Harry Carey. This Ron Gant, he was a free swinger too, and uh, mm-hmm. but he he was another one of these guys that struck out so much that it kind of overshadowed a lot of his value because he would have such a high strikeout rate. Yeah. So Did he play of, for the Braves too? Yeah. Yes. Great yeah. Team. So speaking of strikeouts, uh, you guys fill time. I'm going to look to see how many strikeouts McGuire had. I bet it was uh, an astronomical <laughs> figure, but he you also had to look at the walks too. Exactly. I mean, in the stands. Right. Cardinal Hall of Famer was in the stands that night. Who's this? Red Streamdienst. Oh, there's a red too. He's yeah. no, no red. Yeah, that's a guy I don't know. I'm not familiar with outside of St. Louis. He must not be too big a. Yeah, well, that's what you, another what guy. There's another guy, Matt, that was overshadowed by Musial, even though they're oh. close friends and played along the same lines. He's a Hall of Famer, and yet he probably doesn't get nearly as much recognition as as Honestly. Musial and some of the other Hall of Famers. 
That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I honestly had no clue about yeah. him. Yeah. And I mean, um, I'm not a, I'm not a baseball historian by no means, but I usually know, especially the Cardinals and Royals guys. So here's one for you. Um, all right. We're going to, I'm going to quiz you guys on, okay. on, uh, we're going to do some over unders for Mark McGuire this year. Okay. okay? <laughs> so, uh, over unders. Okay. Doubles. So he hit 70 home runs. Did he have yeah. over 50 doubles or under? I'll say over. I still, I maybe under, under. I'll go just for contrarian sake. Well under. Really? 21 couldn't doubles. lug him out. He couldn't lug him out. Doubles. 21 doubles. That's almost a. Uh, you sure you're reading the right numbers? I, I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he got okay. rounded. He got rounded first, Bruce, and he was like, "Hey, it's either a home run or a single for me, guys." Yeah, okay. On. Here's here's a fun <laughs> one. Uh, triples, zero or one. Oh. Well, he didn't have much foot speed, so I'll yeah, go no, so zero. Zero or one on triples. I'll go zero. I just think it has to be zero too. It's it is it's zero. Yeah, uh, it'd have to be some sort of air situation that he ended up on third. Yeah, uh, right. Stolen bases, zero <laughs> or one. I'll say one. Pass pass balls that they didn't call. So yes, one. He got one. Yeah, there it one is. Stolen base. There you go. <laughs> he uh, he's the only man in history to have 70, uh, 71 combined home runs and steals in the same same season. <laughs> That is so <laughs> that's why you don't win the MVP. That goes back to Bruce, what we're saying, right? You don't win the MVP when all you do is hit home runs. And he yeah. did, he did kind of hit that point where like, that's literally all he did. So yeah. did he, um, okay. More strikeouts or more bases on balls this year? Ooh. I, boy, that's a good question. I, I'll say more strikeouts. I think that I'll say more walks, but I think Bruce is probably right. The because que- I think really the phenomenon of really heavily walking guys came more around bonds. So yeah, yeah. I'll go walks, but I, I think Bruce is on right on. I don't know. He had one hundred and sixty-two base on balls. Yeah, Over, and he, had he had to have more strikeouts than one hundred and fifty-five strikeouts. Oh. So the interesting thing is, is he played in 155 games that year. So he yeah. struck out an average of basically he walked an average of game, yeah. struck out an average of game. And basically you, if you went to a, a Cardinals game in 1998, you were pretty much assured to see Mark McGuire strike out, get walked and you know, every other game hit a home run. Hit yeah. a home run. I mean, that, again, that was the, the uh, that was astronomical. Pace. That's that's his mo. Um, yeah, I'll show you how much publicity ways. was going on right now. We're watching the the governor of Illinois, Jim Edgar, on there. So why is the governor of Illinois on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, we're at thirty five forty one. So that's the governor of Illinois. Yeah. So Jim Edgar. Illinois trying to uh, get that East St. Louis love. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't seem like he right. Like, yeah, if this was in Chicago, then you're right. Exactly. But this yeah, he, is he's like, you know, I'm gonna go check the uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna go check out East St. Louis for this week. Uh look at this, look at McGuire with the oh big D defense and big Mac. Defense. Boom. There you go. Uh, See, that's MVP status right well, there. Really big is. high pop up there. Yeah, so <laughs> he led the league. So he led the league this year in slugging percentage, um, on base percentage. And obviously home runs, and, yeah. Uh, bases on balls, and then he he led the league the following year in home runs and RBI 
with 65 and 147. So he had the same amount of RBI. Yeah. Both. Uh, See, that's why you put up. You can put up with all those strikeouts for all those numbers. I mean, if you get 147 RBIs, you can strike out. How about that RBI total for those guys? That's insane. What, 156 for Sosa at yeah, the end of the it. year and 147 yeah, for McGuire. That's your whole. That's like, honestly, and I don't know. I guarantee you, you could look at some early 2000 Royals teams and they did not score that many runs, period. <laughs> so, so <laughs> throughout the season, I'm saying, I mean, we're joking, but I mean, I don't know. The numbers would be shockingly close. I can almost guarantee you. And I guarantee you guys, you could, you could add up. I know you could add up their, their RBI totals of their whole lineup and not yeah. get to 156. Guarantee so, it. So Sammy in 98 played in 159 games. Yeah. So we only missed three games. He led the league in runs. Runs. Okay. He led the league in RBI. What was so it? 156? McGuire was 147. He hit one. He drove in 158. 158. Obviously the 66 home runs. That's just stupid. Um, now there were signs here now Sammy, for 59. How many doubles do we think Sammy hit? Okay. So he hit 66 home runs. Did he go over 30 doubles? Well, McGuire was under, but McGuire was at 21. Yeah, Maguire oh, was quite a bit under. I would I don't know why I keep thinking that maybe Sosa might have been over, but I think he's over too. So uh, it would be strictly a guess. So Sammy only hit 20 doubles. <sighs> Interesting. So these guys were either parking it or <laughs> they were not. Absolutely. I, just like I Matt said, they were, it was a single walk for a home run. Okay. Right. I mean, that's just it. And that's, you know, uh, yeah. I've, uh, and you got to think there's a level of risk of injury. There's a level of just maybe you just don't want them to leg out those doubles, those yeah. guys. I mean, I don't know that there's a purpose for it. You know, I mean, just, you know, if you get on base for those guys, that's the key. You know, it's either a home run, you get an RBI or it's a, it's a single. Yeah. I mean, it makes so, sense. So something that Sammy did in 97, 98 and 99 is he led the league in strikeouts. Right. Yeah. Uh, so in 98, he had 66 home runs. How many strikeouts do you think he had? In 98. 98. I guarantee he's close to 200. It was 171. Oh. Okay. Guys get close to 200 and stuff. So to me, those numbers aren't like, especially McGuire's 155 doesn't seem astronomical, you know. It should, I mean, it should. But again, yeah. when you're putting up the other kind of numbers, then you go, I mean, that's very doable. Whereas, like, you know, those guys like – you know, like Sean Casey, some of those players that were around for a while where they would get up to, you know, close to 200, you know, if not 200 strikeouts a, a season. Yeah. But I mean, again, they're, they're, they're batting like 240, but they're getting 40 home runs, yeah. you know, and they're right. getting, uh, you know, they're getting 95 RBIs, you know, so it's like a really tricky scenario that it came to where it was okay to strike out there for a while. And then now it's just like, it's kind of how baseball goes, right. It's just in, in kind of trends. So it yeah. became a thing to kind of play a little more small ball there for a while. And then the Royals, right. you know, took advantage of that. That's the only way we're going to win. You know, we're not going to have guys hitting 60 home runs for a combination of, right. we just don't have the money. We don't have the, the ballpark for it. We have a, right. a pitcher's ballpark. Um, you know, so there's, you know, I think trends just go in some ways where for a while there, it was okay to give up 200 K's uh, potentially, if you could get a guy who could hit 40 home runs, you know, it was like a fair trade-off where those guys, 
I don't know you can deal with those guys anymore, you know. Yeah, you have a good point there, Matt. If you got a clutch hitter, you can put up with a lot of strikeouts. It, it's situational. And I, I see that so often. If you, you can guy be a 220, but if he's a great situational hitter, he's going to prove his worth. He's got, he's worthy, right? Because some of those, because not every strikeout is equal, right? Like that strikeout in the eight to nothing game where you're getting beat and it's the ninth inning and the game's over is yeah. a different strikeout than, you know, again, when it's on the line, clutch guy, like you're saying, right? You know, yeah. yeah so, I mean, See, that's why you've got a good player there in that Perez, because he's a good situational hitter. Besides, he's a good hitter all around. Well, those guys are invaluable. So what do you think? Uh, so McGuire, do you think that he batted 250, 300, or 325? For that season? For that season. Did he, I don't think he had 325. I'll say 300. He was 299. 299, yeah. Pretty so, good. That's higher than I would have guessed. Yeah, That's he was two ninety nine. Sammy was three oh eight. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really again. It's just an incredible season to have happening. Uh, you know, simultaneously. That's the other piece. interesting tidbit here, fellas, is that Mabry just hit there a while back for the Cardinals in that game. He's with your Royals coaching staff right now, John Mabry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. uh, so we've got the pitcher up now, right? Yeah, Merker. Uh, do you like the pitcher or do you like the DH? Oh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I like the DH. I really do. Even though I'm a National League guy, hmm. I just think we need offense in the game for, for a lot of, let's say the superficial fan, the superficial fan doesn't want to see a pitcher's duel. They want to see hitting. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I went out a few weeks ago. It was 100 degrees that day, and I was very pleased with the pitcher's duel. <laughs> <laughs> Two-hour ball game. Well, I was sitting through this boss. Come on. I was now. sitting in right field, and uh, it was 100 degrees, and the sun was scorcher. Was yeah. uh, right there. Now there was probably, if we're being generous, 7,000 people out there. Yeah, of course. So you know, you could go sit wherever you wanted, but still. We were out there with a birthday party, a big group. Yeah. So, you know, it was easier to kind of stay in your assigned seats or stay in your, yeah, your seating area because. But to, but to Bruce's point, I mean, I think that's exactly right. You know, and there's, I kind of back in the day, I would have told you is like when I, when I was a little more like I wanted to be a cool baseball purist, I would have yes. said, oh yeah, you know, DH, you know, it's more strategy if you have the pitcher pit, you know, hit and, and all those things. But yeah, no, I would agree with you. And I think it does go back to like you're saying is that, you know, not only just casual fans, but young fans, you know, they want action they want to see you know kids and that go and that points back to again why are we sticking why are we making a big deal of the sticky stuff yeah right because it's taken away from the hitting and if the hitting is down that is not good for baseball here we are talking about what was the miracle for baseball here and it wasn't like the two pitchers doing you know dueling it out it was yeah. two hitters hitting home runs yeah. the long ball baby you know well, this that's is, what sells uh, the long ball is this old bush stadium <laughs> Yeah, uh, let me think. No, no, no. This would be this would be the newer ballpark. Yeah, because remember it had the big Mac section so they, by then. Okay. Well, you were talking about stadiums. See, now being Jack built. Buck, our the Cardinal announcers in there with those fellows now, Steve Stone and and Chip Carey. 
So speaking of uh, kids, what's Jack Buck's kid doing? Is he, is he an announcer too? Jack Buck's kid does everything. He does the World <laughs> Series. He does the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, I know a lot of the Royals fans don't like him very much, and I, I understand why. But he has been a gifted guy with his name. He got, but he had to prove himself. So I mean, sure. you got to give him credit for that. But it's amazing sure. how much really big ball games he gets to be the primary announcer. So, Bruce, are you a uh, he's Joe a Buck fan? Guy. You're I'm mixed feelings about Joe. I really think that he's pretty good, but I also think he might be very blessed that he has gotten so far and gotten so high. Why, why do you right. think people don't like him? I think they think he's pretty pro St. Louis, but I, I guess you don't notice that too much. If you're a Cardinal fan, you kind of think, well, that's just, that's, that's just how you're supposed to be. He's, he's just speaking the truth. <laughs> No, he's not pro St. Louis. He's just speaking the truth. <laughs> it's God's country. I think a lot of people are a little bit angry with him too that he was able to go so far on on his dad's name. That's it. But it's yes, I think it's hard on to, two uh, levels. You still have to honor that he was a good broadcaster. Maybe he's not completely unbiased, but he, no. I actually think on those football games he's pretty good. Now on baseball, I, I can see why he might have a little bias. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I've honestly come more around to him than I honestly have. Now we have some other new announcers that people seem to love. And so I've now, yeah, I've now come around to Joe Buck just because I'm going, y'all gave Joe, you give Joe Buck a lot of trouble, but he, to me, he's every bit as good as these other guys coming up, you know? And yeah, yeah, I don't, um, I I think it, it kind of gives, if Joe Buck, if you really look at it and think about it, he's probably smart to give a little bit of his bias in there and have some fun because we all know that like, as much as we love to love people, we also love to hate people. Right. And so I think Joe Buck isn't dumb to, and it's a careful line you have to run to ride. Right. Cause you don't want to be hated by everyone either. No, but if you've got everyone, you got this kind of mix half and half, and you've got these people that kind of troll you and are on you. I, I think that's a smart balance to, to have as an announcer. And he probably rides it pretty well and seems to take it pretty well. You know, like he, I think he gets it that people don't love him. Yeah. He gets kind of self-deprecating and kind of, you know, understands that, okay, you know, like he's, but I think he, (laughs) what's good about him too. And I think what can be aggravating about him too, is that he does have a sense it like this and, and put him, so they put him with Troy Aikman too. Right. Which is like the level of ego and arrogance in that, in that room together. I can't believe they can fit them both their heads in yeah. that same space. No. Right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I've been on record as saying I have no issue with Joe Buck. He is called a, oh, I know you're Joe Buck guy. My, my baseball and my football team. Yeah. So I have, uh, right. any, any issue I've had with the guy, I, uh, that that's gone. Yeah. Uh, sure. So there we saw Traxel had a uh, 14, 14 and, and seven, seven record, yeah. 14 yeah, and seven pretty, and a uh, four, 4.2 ERA. Yeah. Um, I don't think he tossed it up. I think I, I, I think I character assassinated um, Steve Traxel here. I really do think though, looking back that I, in my brain back farther, it was the bonds one that I thought was a little bit suspect, yeah. but like they, like they literally brought a guy in and like the eighth inning and he was terrible. And it was like, okay, someone's going to give this bomb up to, to bonds. Let's, yeah. let's let it be this kid, you know? 
Right. Well, the, the other thing too, you know, we we're talking about Maguire and Sosa, you know, in 98, the other thing that was going on, Bruce had mentioned on the other side in the American league, the Yankees won 114 games that year. 114. Isn't that amazing? So smoke the Padres, right? Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. yeah. They beat the Padres four, four, four in a row. Four yeah. in a row. That was their like, well, if you remember in the 98 Yankees that every all the Yankees fans are always like, oh, that's one of the best teams of all time. Right. Because yeah, so they had a lineup that had uh, oh, Posada, Tino Martinez, Chuck Knobloch, yeah. uh, Jeter, Scott Brocious, Chad Curtis, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, Daryl Strawberry, Ed Tim Raines, uh, Chili Davis, Ricky Lede. Oh, and they had some great players. Um, you know, and then pitchers were – uh, Orlando Hernandez, Pettit, Hideki Arabu, David Cohn, David Wells. Yeah. And then uh, I think that was the year. I don't think Mari Rivera was on that team, but I want to say he was a setup guy. Yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah. Um, well, let's show you how good they were. Right? Maybe. No, I think that. Uh, <laughs> Take that back. Maybe he was. So this the, was uh, when Chuck Knobloch could still throw to first base. Yeah, apparently. that's a good question. When did he <laughs> stop throwing? <laughs> um, <laughs> what a poor. Isn't that such an interesting thing to have? Well, you know that sure the uh, that thing with uh, the gymnast Biles. Yeah, yeah. She got the uh, she got the the gymnast the version yips. of the yips. The yips yeah. a little bit, and I. That's such a real thing, and it's such an interest. Our brains are just so interesting in that way. You know, something that become so rote for these athletes and become so, you know, is now, you know, again, it is, it is, they can't do it at all. You that might've been around the time where Knobloch got the yips. Cause yeah. like I was, I was trying to explain, cause there's the new season of Ted Lasso. There's yeah, an episode where they, they've got the yips and yeah. <laughs> so the penalty kicks. He can't say anything. You can't say the you can't say the Y word. Right. Oh, yeah. We don't yeah. even say that word out loud. That's um, right. But uh they yeah, so like it was weird how that episode came out, yeah. like right around the time that Simone Biles got it's a and yeah, we don't what, what I don't they think we know what the, they called it, the twisties. I don't know. I think that's uh, yeah. what they were saying, the twisties, like. Yeah, it seems like it would be more dangerous for a gymnast than it would be for like a baseball player. Even though right. the, exactly. uh, the video I was looking up of Knobloch, he yeah. uh, like his thing was he couldn't throw the ball from second base to first base. That's right. And right. The video, the first video when you look up Chuck Knobloch Gips, you know what it is? It's him hitting Keith Olbermann's mom. <laughs> really? With the ball. Oh no! If you Google Chuck Knobloch Gips. She was in the crowd or something. First video is Chuck Knobloch hits Keith Olbermann's mom with Aaron. <laughs> Basically, it's a routine ground ball to second base, and he yeah. just airmails and it hits yeah. Keith Olbermann's mom. She probably hit, you know, 15, 20 rows oh, up. Yeah. On, on no. right Could you imagine again? It's just, uh, again, that's just such a mental, and, and that's where it goes back yeah. to, I think, again, we marvel at athletes, which is good. And so then sometimes we, we can kind of downplay it and go, well, you know, they're just playing a game and things, but at that level for, and I mean, especially like a Simone Biles where you're like, and, and these guys too, I mean, let's be honest, they're putting their lives at risk in some ways too. When these pitchers, they're hoping these pitchers don't get the yips, right? Because oh, when these right. pitchers there was get a, the yips, uh, then they're throwing a hundred miles an hour at your dome, yeah. you know, well, and that is not safe. And so for those, those gymnasts, 
there ain't no way. And if my brain ain't ready to do 15 flips in the air and then land it, then I'm not doing it. I promise you. I, right. I wouldn't have done it to begin with. But right. I definitely ain't doing it if my brain is saying, no, it ain't time. You just, well, just it. it also stinks of the timing of it for right. sure. It's like such the, a biggest, shame. the biggest stage, you know, Oh, like, it's the most brutal you know, thing. It's the terrible you know. for Chuck Knobloch. I mean, on a smaller level, well, I mean, you know, but for anybody, people, people do it in their own. Look at old. There's young buck there. There's old young, young Joe Buck for, for the, a second. Yeah. The but, Cardinals famously had a pitcher that got the yips. Rick and Keel. Remember yeah. him? Oh, he turned into a, a yeah. field player. He played for us. By the yeah, end he, of it, remember? He, yeah, he, he, right here he in, had to convert to center fielder. He yeah. was like a might have been his rookie or his second year, but it was like a playoff game. Yeah. And he threw like five wild pitches in the, in the first inning. Yeah. Or he threw five. It might have been down the road, but he threw like five wild pitches in, yeah, in an inning. You're right. I remember couldn't, that couldn't, well. Couldn't hit Poor home. Isn't that wild? I mean, they're throwing a Traxel today. They didn't like the way that Traxel pitched. It was Fish really, McGuire here. They uh, it was sad to see uh, Rick be able to, I mean, to have a downfall in pitching because in the beginning he really looked like lights out pitcher, and then all of a sudden he becomes this guy who can't throw a strike, and it's it's it was sad to watch. He was fortunate enough he could hit well enough that he could stay in baseball, but Incredible. we we Cardinal fans think what might have been if this guy could have had some control because he really did have major league stuff with his yeah. arm. No doubt about it. We went through it here with Grinky, right? A little bit where he finally came out on the end of it. Right. But Grinky almost did that exact same thing. I mean, yeah. Grinky had basically told the organization that, Hey, listen, I'm going to play shortstop or I'm donezo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, and they're like, Oh yeah. That, ah. I do remember that where he's like, yeah, I just kind of want to go mow yards. <laughs> I wanna, yeah. He was, he was, or just play or be an everyday. Cause he's a pretty good hitter. He's always yeah. been a pretty good hitter. And he was, a, he was a shortstop playing growing up and he just yeah. was like, I'm bored with pitching. I don't want to pitch anymore. It's yeah. I'm done, man. And he was always a little bit of an aloof guy, a little bit different anyway. And so, you know, this organization, again, this is what bugged me about when he left here, but the organization, again, not many organizations would, but our organization was like, Hey, you know, take your time, get it together. You're not playing shortstop though, bro. We're going to no. use you as a pitcher, but you take your time, no. get your stuff together. And then sure enough, he became, you know, what he became, you know, but it's, it's such a head game for a lot of these guys for all, for, I think for everyone. Right. I mean, I think they're doing a job just like, you know, all of us are, you know, right. we could all get the yips in our own jobs in our own lives, in our own, you know, relationships, whatever it is, where things what would just be the weirdly teacher, stop working. What would be the teacher equivalent of the yips? <laughs> oh, dude, believe Look at Lance Johnson smoking one. Yeah. Laser beam. Oh, this though, maybe. Boom on his on the wheel on his wheel. That was a there. big play. Wait, is this that name, would have been a bases it, loaded double? What's this guy? Is his first name John? Yeah, John Mabry. John Mabry. He was also a hitting coach there at at the Cardinals for a while, but, but he came over when Matheny came over here. Who, he came with him. Who was the good Royals? What was his name? John Mayberry. Was he also right. oh, John? Yeah, he, he played with John the Royals. Mayberry. Yeah, yeah. big first baseman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, a few weeks ago, Annika got to go on the the field. Yeah. For the the Royals game. She's right. on the jumbotron and stuff, and uh, as we're kind of going down to take pictures, there was a dude wearing an Amos Otis Royals jersey. Mm -hmm. A plus, A O, man. Yeah, that? you gotta, 
the Royals, see, again, there's the piece of, like, we don't have that many, you know, we don't just don't have the history that a lot of teams do, yeah. you know. So our, our old understandable, guys, Matt, when you started in 69, you can't have that many years. Well, exactly. Like, Cardinals clear back in the 1800s, practically. But the thing right. is, is, like, if you're, like, the Cardinals have had down years. Yes, sure. particularly in the 70s. They have had down years. So it's not a. They aren't super great this year, are they? We were good in the 60s and good in the 80s. How Where are they at right now, Bruce? Oh, they're not so hot this year. One over 500. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think they were having so, the best year but this you guys, year. I mean, you they guys raised them. a really good point earlier. And my my son points that out to me all the time as a Padre fan. He says, you Cardinal fans are so blasted, spoiled. You think you have to make the playoffs every year. You think the World Series is not official unless you're in it. Come on. <laughs> that World Series didn't count. This is a <laughs> you know, count. but Bruce, this, this is a this is a good problem though for you, right? Like this, this is what I hope we're starting to get with the Chiefs a little bit, you know, where we've had this run of time where now it really does feel like if we're, you know, next year, if we don't make the Super Bowl, it is gonna be a level of disappointment, yeah. you know. And I yeah, think you're going to have a little bit of that happening with you with Mahomes. Right. Because, sure. Uh, it's exactly. going to be hard for you if, if let's say you lose a first round playoff game or we're going to be pissed. That's going to really yeah. be, you're going to wonder, well, what happened? And, and you get <laughs> spoiled when you win all the time. You really do. And then you get all these fair weather fans buying everything under the sun. And <laughs> right. And or that abandoned ship immediately when things go bad. <laughs> well, you know, you or the, uh, again, it's just so, and, and it, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, have you heard the. Uh, the season ticket this by the way this is like this is literally like what happens at a baseball game right like the game's on yeah and you sit here and you just talk about whatever yeah and then something and then cool all of a sudden happens. you you kind of look up and you go hey fernando tatis is up hey yeah. david's a fan of his kid yeah um but hey did you hear about, padre, the, right? hear about the cowboys tickets at the <laughs> at arrowhead this year oh i when you guys get a second here, I've just got to interject something about Fernando Tatis, the right, guy that's up here now. Go ahead. We can here, talk, here, we'll here, talk about the Cowboys. A, here a is second. a piece of trivia that many people have no idea. This is a guy who hit two grand slams in one inning. Two wow. grand slams in one inning. That is wild. I don't know if that'll ever be done again, let alone somebody that's doing ins- it. That's insane. In this, in this, was it this uh, year or around this year? I'd like to know what year it was. All right, let's yeah, let's lay out here for a second. Okay, because uh, so McGuire is coming up. up again. We are, we're running at 58, 23, 24, 25. Uh, a lot of new baseballs being put in. Yeah. This could very well be the time he does do it. Yeah, I can't. First pitch. Oh, and it barely clears, like you said. Line Bruce. drive right over that wall. Yeah. Fourth inning. Is Sosa happy? Is Sosa? Yeah, Sammy's clapping for him. Yeah, but is he happy? The, the question no, is, it, right? Again, I think we all, and good for him for being a great sport, and I think he knew it was coming, you yeah. know, like obviously. So, um, but I'm just curious, like in his own brain, is he going, dang, man, I wish that was me right now. 
I think naturally he would be. The Cardinals allowed his son to be a bat boy for a long, long period of time there, just so he would be around when he did that. That's right. I remember that again. It's just, it's, it's storybook level stuff, uh, you it know, really and is. it, really it is. is a really interesting home run. You're right. Because that looks like an Ichiro home run or something, yeah. you know, like that looks like it was just a little laser beam, you know, yeah. that just had just enough to get over the fence. It's ironic that that was the one that was broke the record because he had these mammoth shots and particularly in some of these ballparks. And then, then in that there's one, there's your shot for the producer. Is your producer? Yeah. Yeah. This dream is his, shot. Yeah. His son. But it was a, it was, it was a great moment because it's, it's history at that point, no doubt. Well, okay, and it is absolutely. interesting too, that it, uh, it basically just got over the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only one that, like like bruce was saying like and you know it was like the people in left field upper deck are standing up and yeah you know, they're, they're uh, people around you know like if you had right field seats for this game there's probably a very slim chance you were getting a home run ball that's right um but Correct. you know one thing we didn't talk about is people would actually get to these cardinals games very early yeah to watch batting practice that's right that it became that era too, where right yeah. people yeah. would come um early. Just oh, there's Bud Selig. Yeah, there's Bud Selig. He was the commissioner then. Bud Selig the, always looks like somebody just asked him to solve a very complicated yeah. math. There's Stan Musial was there that <laughs> night too. And Bud Selig. Oh, here you go with Sosa. I mean, come on, this this is just <laughs> it. There's just a level of like, oh come on. A little, little too bro-ish bro for you. There's a freaking baseball game to play here, boys. Jeez, get a room. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's fun. And I get, and again, I think it, the level of looking back on it, yeah. you know, what is it, 23 years, like we said, um, is is always going to have a yeah. look at him go. He's still Jesus eating this up, which good on him. I mean, but he was very subdued going. Where's he going? Going now? into the Marises. What's happening? He's always going to the his family. He's going in the stands yeah. for somebody. You know, I mean, this... if you remember how Roger Maris oh, was treated, his, that's his. Like the the press was very unkind to Roger Maris. Oh, they were. Um, you could go on and on about that guy. It was terrible, terrible. And they made him so so unwelcome in many ways because they wanted Mantle to win that thing. They didn't sure. want Maris, some kid from or some young guy from North Dakota. Come on, give me. Give me Mickey. Come on. Exactly. Or just to let it be Babe Ruth. You know, I mean, he had, you know, at that point, of course, had built such a mythology about him, you know, yeah. too, that it was, yeah, he was deemed kind of unworthy, right? So to, to break it. And, and, then, you know, and I, look at this. I mean, again, it's, I, I don't know. It's not my style. If I, if I was breaking this record, this isn't what I'd be doing, but I also get it because, again, it's hard and I, I don't know. I don't know, man. They're these things like this. They're stopping games for now. Yeah, yeah, they, they really know, are. Uh, but we dude, have this, everybody's but attention. They do. One thing but that's this has to gone. Them. This is like, you know, even all the three thousand hits and stuff. And again, it isn't a record like this. I know, but they usually stop the game. They give them a ball. They give a yeah. big round ovation. But good lord, this is like a world WWE yeah. um, right. extravaganza here. Going to hug hug everybody as well. 
No kidding. One of the things that we feel proud about Cardinal fans is the way we treated Maris because Maris came over to us before he retired in 67 and 68. Mike Shannon, our broadcaster, became a very personal friend of his and welcomed him. And they made him really feel happy so that as he finished his career in St. Louis, he kind of got over some of that hurt that he had had in New York. So that was a nice thing that happened to Maris. And he ended up staying here. Yeah. In Missouri. And yeah, he's you know, I know Cardinals haven't always been kind to everybody. I mean, I can tell you stories about un- how unkind we were to Gary Templeton, but uh, that's a, for another broadcast. Well, that's because he didn't sign David's card. Yeah. So that there was a reason for that. So, uh, Matt, earlier, uh, first of all, how great would it have been if he wouldn't have touched for space and it would have <laughs> appealed? <laughs> There would have been, it would have been so amazing. Yes. There's so many, there's so many like naked gun movie turns you could have here. That would have been hilarious. Right. Like they go back, like if there was instant replay, right. Or something back then too. And they're like, ah, this was on just on the other side of the foul pole. Sorry, McGuire. And he's in the middle of his speech, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of WWE issue, right? He grabbed the mic. It's kind of promo. He's he's Uh, hitting up Sosa. Sosa's hitting him with the, you know, with the two I do finger. I think that they genuinely liked each other. Yeah. I don't think that that was contrived or anything no. He's, like that. I mean, come on, uh, Sosa's a likable guy. I don't know again about Maguire, but Sosa's just like, Sosa's, again, that's why he was the perfect person for this to happen to. Yeah. Whereas Bonds, Bonds, right, was kind of the opposite. And that's yeah. where he became, in some ways, more of the back to the Maris figure of yeah. like people didn't want him to break it people right. didn't you know and he was much more you know off-putting to the media much more off-putting to fans yeah. as opposed to these guys mcguire was just pretty quiet guy i mean compared, yeah. he always had dudes like canseco that would how could you talk when you had canseco next to you too yeah. you know yeah well and yeah i think that so <laughs> Canseco. This Canseco's even weirder. I mean, think about Canseco, where he's at now. He's talking about, he's all kinds of, you know, I think he believes in, he got uh, uh, abducted by a UFO yeah. or something. Canseco's always been kind of a... Uh, he's a wild one. Yeah. So, after this, you know, it comes out a few years later that both of these guys were, were on steroids. Right. Right. So, like, Bruce, does it does it dampen like uh, well let me before we even jump into that yeah there's how long how long has it been since you've seen this oh it's been several years several and kind of what as as that ball was going out what what, what were your feeling what were well, you feeling I, it was i i had a sense of joy again because of accomplishment not necessarily that particular drive but a sense of accomplishment and i give him credit for a lot of things uh he had a distinguished career but where I kind of get down on him a little bit is that, you know, he, he, he kind of got, he kind of got arrogant later and said, well, these other guys don't know how to hit because they don't take pitches and they, they, they don't walk enough and things like that. And that's, that's the kind of pitching coach or hitting coach he was. And so I think he got a little arrogant about hitting and in general, but generally speaking, as far as the home runs concerned, I gave him a lot of credit. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious, can I like, as far as not speaking just for you, Bruce, but as, as speaking more kind of macro, the whole entire St. Louis kind of baseball community, 
do they pretty much embrace Maguire as well, in some ways nothing was, has happened? Here was one of the problems that, that they had down there. There was a lot of fraudulent autographs in St. Louis. Um, they were they were coming out with with Mark McGuire autographs everywhere under the sun. I'm sure. And one of the times when he was not uh, playing, he took a, went to all the card shops in St. Louis, and he swore that most of them had fraudulent material. Now I can't, I don't know if he was right in that because he really condemned a lot of people who were doing that for a living. But sure. um, the sad part of it was. He just opened up this can of worms about what what's what's genuine autographing and what isn't genuine autographing. And that kind of thing continues today, fellas. It really does. It is interesting. Yeah, no. And I, I think so. There's a memorabilia piece that he's kind of alienated some folks, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And then again, is it as much as it, I, I know it's hard for it, it's it's I know. San Francisco fans got to deal with this too. You know, if you're, if you want to say, Hey bonds, you know, that you've got that always got to worry. The next person's always going to say steroids, you know, well, the steroids, well, this, you know, well that. And I think that's where I've tried to kind of, as a fan of sports is try to look more at the front of the Jersey than the back. Right. And when you see that you got this sense of pride of like for St. Louis, for St. Louis baseball, for the tradition of baseball. And you go, well, because it was Mark McGuire, a very imperfect vessel, right, that did it doesn't take away maybe from the actual feeling and accomplishment of it, you know. Right. You know, right. Because we're all we're all again, there's not all these guys that we build up, you know, we don't know them for real. We don't know. We don't we don't want to know. And again, like you said with Kirk Gibson, tell me that a Ty Cobb, tell me that some of these guys back in the day would not have cheated and did didn't cheat. They did cheat. So they just did it in uh, different ways. I mean, a lot (laughs) of the guys in the 70s and 80s were on speed and cocaine. Every pill under the sun, the black and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so I mean, (laughs) yeah. so do we take away stolen base records because a guy was hopped up on cocaine? Sure. Like, and, and they uh, were running on and they were running on artificial yeah, turf. Remember, keep that in mind that, you know, Willie Wilson and all those guys, Ricky Henderson, about half their career was, yeah. was on, you know, artificial turf baseball fields. A lot of them, which yeah. changes everything for You're guys right. like that. You're right. You're yeah, right. So, man. I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of an era thing. You know, yeah. Pete exactly. Rose, Pete Rose isn't in because he bet on baseball. Yeah. Right. So we're not going to let where it goes. But see, I think back to Bruce's point, that's the problem with Rose. And the problem with McGuire is you want to be on their side and then you, they start to talk (laughs) and then you're like, Ooh, these guys are jerks. I don't want to be on their side. And Sammy, Sammy Sosa and Roger Clemens and like, I remember those, those, uh, those testimonies. Yeah. All of those guys, Sosa Clemens, um, Clemens was a mess. McGuire, um, Palmero, with Bagwell, <laughs> Jeff Jeff Bagwell was he one? Who else like, went up there? Uh, what's the Dodgers? Uh, what's the Dodgers? Uh, or not uh, the the catcher? Piazza. Piazza. Yeah. Did yeah. he? Yeah. Wasn't he yeah. in the mix and all that? Yeah. I mean, the, and that's the thing is like you don't know how widespread it 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 was, right? So McGuire, McGuire yeah. was on steroids. Yeah. But was anyone else hitting 62 and 70 home runs? No. Because you can't tell me that he was the only one on steroids. No. And we've talked about that the pitchers actually are the ones that introduced the steroids into baseball because of the recovery aspect. Yeah, sure. We talk about steroids. The thing that 
steroids do that people just automatically assume, oh, you take steroids, you get big. Yeah. Right. Well, the reason that you get big is because, well, first of all, you're getting this growth hormone pumped into your body at yeah. massive levels, but it's the recovery right. that allows right. your your muscles to recover and allows you to do those more yeah. strenuous workouts faster, longer, um, you yeah. know, those types of Accurate. things. So instead of, instead of needing three days to recover, you're getting, you know, recovery in a day or two. And so yeah. you can do more. Huge, it makes a huge difference. And again, you're exactly right. And I think that was always baseball folks argument was that, well, you go hit a baseball then, right? Because no steroid can, when you, when you're facing a, a pitcher throwing 98 miles an hour with all kinds of spin, all kinds of, you know, from, from that distance, I don't care. Steroids do not help you hit a baseball, you well, know, do they help you hit a baseball farther though? That is the question, yeah, right? The question. And may, so that's the other piece, right? Is that, yes, they don't give you a competitive edge in one pep, area but in another area you go well but like you said it isn't like a magic pill like a a jack and the beanstalk deal it's you have to still work you have to still be a good baseball player it's not like me or you could all of a sudden start shooting anything up and here's these guys here's the other thing about baseball is it's the only sport where the playing field is not uniform right yeah like you're seeing uh, some of the advanced statistics they put up That's at, the, at the Royals game point. now is like, or maybe it wasn't there. Maybe I saw it on TV, but somebody will hit a home run and they'll be like, this would have been a home run in 27 of yeah. 30 parks or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you look at the Blue Jays are playing in the triple A, the Buffalo triple um, A park. Yeah, right. Soccer has a little different, does have a maximum and minimum, but it isn't a huge, I mean, there are yeah, but, some fields that are wilder than others, but no. You had talked about the Cardinals putting this field around uh, uh, McGuire. They literally built the field in San Francisco for bonds. Yeah. 1,000%. Short porch and right field. 1,000%. I mean, they, so, they did it. The Yankees have a huge advantage at home because they're not stupid. They put guys, you know, they've always, you know, especially back in the old stadium. Yeah, they always had guys that could hit it out of that little, you know, and it ends up being a, 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 a like they yeah. literally hit it 278 feet, you know, yeah. straight up in the air, and it's a home run. It was interesting <laughs> when the Dodgers moved out to LA in the first couple of years before they had Chavez Ravine, they played in a, 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 a almost a unusual statement state stadium, and Wally Moon is a name that I remember. He played for them and he hit all these shots. He was a left-handed hitter. He had all these shots over the left field, over the left field fence and had this miraculous year only because he could hit the ball 251 feet. Yeah. Well, exactly. like the, uh, do you remember Dante Bichette? Yes. The, the Colorado Rockies. Now, Bo. Yeah. Colorado. He was hitting bombs in Colorado, like his splits that is um, his home and away splits yeah. were like he, he, I don't know. One year he hit like forty home runs, and like thirty of them came at home, and ten on the road. Yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. The statistics so, you'd go, oh no, it can't be that whole like thin air, blah blah blah. blah. But it, yeah. I mean, the statistics show you that that's a thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's a physics deal, of course it is. You know, I mean, there is a level of science to the game. That is, and maybe baseball has more science in, in the midst of it, maybe than, than most, you know, because yeah. there is a level of physics that's, that's going on. That's why those, the sticky tacky 
not to keep going back to it, but that's why it matters, you know, because if I can grip that ball just a little bit easier, then I can spin that sucker just that much hard, you know, better. And man, does that make that tough to hit, you know? Yeah, and so you know, that's this, the piece is like these base, these pitchers. I've often, I've often thought about Rose guys, because that is unbelievable that you get 4,000 hits in a career. I mean, right. just think about that. I don't care if he bet on everything under the sun. That is a major accomplishment. And that has nothing to do. Probably will never be equaled, even with these guys playing 20 years, because Rose must have never gotten hurt on top of everything else. He played every day. He played hard. He played the game right. Again, that's just what it's so. I mean, everything about him in 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 my you know, body once would be a fan of his and would would argue that he should be there. But then there's also a part of me that, again, he has, if there is someone who's kind of disgraced the game, like if if there's an art, if there's an argument for no matter what you do as a talent, right, that you can still sully and, and, you know, dirty the game enough that you shouldn't be honored. He tests that theory, right? You have a really good point there, Matt. And that's, that's the dilemma for us. Right. We'd like to honor their achievement. But they have, they have spoiled the game. Yeah, they're they've cr- marred they- it. They, we can't deny that they've marred the game. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, they have great accomplishments, but we're always going to weigh that against what they've done in that regard. Yeah, and and they're not contrite. Like a guy like Rose has never been contrite about it, or never no. in any way been like my bad on that. You know, my bad for the game. It's always been about him and his promotion of him. And yeah, yeah. so that's to me the ugly part of it is that yeah, again. That's I'll another thing about anyone. him, Matt, is that you know he's arrogant and he is very selfish and and self-absorbed, and so that's got to play into your thinking about him a little bit because you know I. And I, you know, he's also was a bad adulterer and things like that. I mean, well, and that, that brings human. up an interesting bad point human. too. <laughs> well, that brings up an interesting point too. Like, is it the hall of nice guys? I know, Andy. Right. I know, so, I, I know mean, where you when, fall on it. And I understand because yeah. if you do that, you're right. Like, and I don't think we want to do that. Right. I don't know that we want to go back into everyone's private lives and go, well, he wouldn't be in this guy shouldn't be in. They did this. They did that. I mean, yeah. there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a careful line that you have to draw. But to me, Pete Rose is that guy who probably steps over it because again, we're not digging for Pete Rose dirt. He's putting it out there himself by, by very much self-promoting himself in that way. You know, again, I would love to see him because I think most people are on his side that he needs to be back that he should be in. But again, that's, but he always doesn't, he should just let that be as opposed to try to do what he does, which makes it gross. And and he just doesn't get it, you know, on that level, you know? So, I mean, and back to McGuire, I think again, that's, that's where it comes down to is, and it is a safety. There's the other piece, right, Andy? And this is where it goes to, it goes back to the Charles Barkley. We're not role model. Right. 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 What what do we do with with McGuire here and Bonds and with Sosa and all the guys who take steroids? Because this is not a healthy thing to do. Okay, and it's it's incredibly bad for you, you know, in a lot of ways. And and so that became obviously a part of it as well, is that like, do we want to promote this to our young people and 
all those things as, as something that's okay to do. That's the other piece. Cause it's not just cheating, right? It isn't a level of just like, Hey, I'm putting some sticky stuff on the, on the ball. Right. I'm actually putting something in my body that is definitely not good for me. That yeah. is going to make me better at this game, you know, which is another level, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, it is a, a dicey situation because you're seeing guys now that have personal trainers, personal chefs, That's personal right. uh, physicians, nutritionists. personal nutritionists, personal uh, massage therapists, right? So they have all of the same because Ooh. it is such a big business. Yeah, they have a right? When they get people. to that, you know, so we, we talk about, I think we said McGuire has played 16 years. You know, what, what's the way that you ensure that these guys make a lot of money, a long career? Yeah, <laughs> Keep them injury free. That's right. If you get injured, um, you know, your, your earning power goes down, right? Because your contracts are, well, you know, this guy's got an injury history. The money, the money, the money has gotten out of control and, and it's hard to blame the players. I get mad when we blame the players, you know, because I don't think that's fair, but I do think there's a level of, it is ultimately ruined it because how does a Mark McGuire not justify to himself that, Hey, why not do this? It may take a few years on the back end of my life, but man, I've set up my kids, my kids, kids, my kids, 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 generational levels of money. You know, I mean, there's a sacrifice to it that you go. And so you go, okay, yeah, if I don't, if I didn't hit these 60 home runs, you know, or 62 home runs or whatever, and end up with 70, then that's literally the difference between $500 million or so to me, potentially down the road, you know, or whatever. So how do you not go? Eh, all right, shoot me up. You know, again, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's, that's it- the kind of money that you go. It's worth it. I mean, think about what you've always, there's always those, those, you know, dilemmas, right? What would you do for a million dollars? Would you do this? Like, it starts to get into that. Oh man, maybe I would, if you're offering me $50 million to put a syringe at my butt, that's gonna maybe give me, you know, maybe, I don't know, make my balls shrink or something. I don't know. <laughs> whatever yeah. it does, whatever it does, that ain't good. You know, take a few years off my life. You go, damn, $50 million. My kids are good forever. My kids, kids are good forever. You know what I mean? Like I have now, yeah. but again, it's guaranteed security. Right, right. You know, so part of you goes, is it morally wrong not to do it? You know, because at this point, I'm literally telling my kids that, yo, I just had a, I could have set you up for, you know, for your whole life. And again, your kids, kids and your kids, 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 probably. But I wouldn't take a little shot that would make me a better home run hitter for a year or two. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a crazy dilemma. It, it really is. Um, very much is. Because I, I yeah. think that, uh, you know, most people are, they're going to take the money. I know. That's what because I'm saying. The, that's the why we judge is, these like, guys and it's like, Ooh, maybe we shouldn't. But it also depends on when you ask. <laughs> right. So when you ask the question, where's that person? Right. So you have a, let's say you have some kid in the Dominican Republic that yeah. doesn't have shoes, doesn't have running water, lives in a, you know, a mud hut. Right. And you say, uh, you know, you can throw a ball pretty good and you can hit a ball pretty far. Um, but you've got warning track power. Yeah. If you take this drug, right. uh, suddenly 
instead of you hitting say 20 home runs a year, you're going to average 45, right? If you average 45 home runs, that's going to translate to a $16 million a year salary or living in a mansion. Now you're in a mansion with like seven cars or you're, you're not, you're going to be a triple a player. Yeah. Right. You're, you you know, you've got double a talent. Yeah. Um, but, I, again, it is. What do you expect out of these guys? Right. And yes. so there's just a level of where the money skews everything because it takes right or wrong out of it a little bit. You know, it yeah. takes, you know, again, it's it goes it's like that movie in Decent Proposal or whatever. I mean, there's a level of there's a money, there's a price for everything. And yeah. that's not good. I mean, it's, it's, it goes back to a very kind of bad thing about our nature. You know, and about us maybe as a, a, a you know, like a, a species, but it's just so natural to do. And so, again, unfair to judge others when they when they do decide to make that decision, because, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, again, I've gone both ways on this. Like I said, if he was a royal Bruce, I probably would be over here arguing, ah, steroids, who cares? Well, but he's, this, a, but he's a cardinal. So I'm like, ah, keep him out. Well, <laughs> and the interesting thing, too, is this this entire era the stars of this era, there are very few of them that are actually in the Hall of Fame, right? Very few. No Clemens. No Clemens. No Canseco. No Maguire. No Sosa. No Bonds. Right. No Kurt Schilling. No. Um, it is a, such a, it's a contentious. Yeah. It's a contentious none, of these, none of these guys are in. But do. They'll make it. I, here's here's what I think. In ten in ten years now, we'll, if we're still doing this podcast, we'll get on here and we'll be talking about how I think that they'll all eventually get in. I think probably Pete Rose will get in. There's a level of here's what the here's what the Hall of Fame likes to do too if they really want to mess with you. They like to kind of wait till you're dead or almost dead yeah, right. and then 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 put you in, you know, or do something for you, you know. Yeah. So I think if if that they will be in is it's more of a question of Mark. I think you're right. Good point. Well, and the thing is, is the, uh, the, the, the line moves, the line gets shifted. Yeah. What's acceptable moves forward. It moves backwards. You know, time um, heals all wounds. They say time heals all wounds. It either heals it or it just makes them. And does, and here's the other piece. Honestly, I think all of us, probably are at a point and we'll see we'll see how things go but our hall of fames and all that piece a little antiquated you know in some ways too in in 20 50 years by now you know because does it even become like a a that big of thing is it more of a thing to just put up the big numbers get the big contracts be famous be known as the big player and a hall of fame is more of just a it's for the players and for the geekier sides of us that love, you know, like, but for the general public, like a hall of fame is not something that means that much in some ways either. You know, like, I wonder if that could happen too. I think it's important. I think it's important for the, the players, the players, but that's I think the it thing. would be more important if they are voted in by the players. Yeah. I wonder well, if that's how it would be though. So, so does McGuire and then these guys get in if it's a player vote. I'm curious, Well, you know, cause it's a media vote now. Yeah. Sure. Baseball writers of America vote in right, or out. So is. also what was your, what was your relationship like with those guys might dictate whether they yeah, decide to right. vote or, or don't. Whether so you were press which friendly is or not. Yeah. Which is gross, which is a terrible process, yeah. which is, should be yeah. on the players. But again, then you get, 
some player things and problems, you know, that, that there is some bias there. So maybe it's some sort of collaboration of a lot of different groups and not well, just. And see, you're always... also gifted here because you have someone like Perez. Perez gets along with everybody. He's worthy yeah. of the, all the achievements because he does it in the field. I and know. he's a leader with his team. It My is a God. blessing. You're right. You're right. This is everything. He's That's better than in a player. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame and he will be. Right. But look what he has done exemplary wise. Yeah. I mean, and to be able I like to that. Competent I think the homes is areas. Many people can be good on the field, but they're terrible in the, in the, in the uh, clubhouse or yes, they're or terrible in the community. In personal relations with people. They're not right. fan friendly and yeah. things like that. And that will ha- And I know it has some bearing on the, on the voting. I'm positive of it. Oh, Perez will be, I mean, yes, I think he, he, he helps himself. Right. Because he is just an incredibly gregarious kind, you know, he's great in the community. I think every opportunity he gets, he's like, I love Kansas city. They've been so kind to me. I'm going to stay here, you know, forever, Uh, you know, like, so again, it's just, it is a weird where, you know, I know George Brett guys like that had a little different, you know, relationship with the community yeah. where, you know, it was a little more standoffish, but, but again, if you're a good player, you get away with it regardless, but guys like Perez, like you're saying, who just had a, and I'm curious, what's a guy like a Cardinals equivalent. I mean, I know Molina, Molina was always a loved player and yeah, another Molina's catcher. Very much loved Matt, very yeah. much loved and similar guy. That's Perez in some ways. Right. Yeah. I would say, uh, and a guy like Gibson was uh, not that good with the fans, also not that good even with some teammates, but he was so exemplary on the field. I mean, he was just like superhero on the field. He had a, a year where his earned run average was 1.12. Yeah. <laughs> 1.12 yeah. in 1968. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can be, and some of that, and if you think about it too, like we, we've talked about like some of that talent comes with, other other parts of it right and comes with this very like focus and drive that sometimes doesn't equate to being like a people person either right right? so some of these folks who have like hit the highest levels of their field or what they're doing or their sport they've concentrated so much on it their life is so much it their their attention to detail is so much there that any other periphery things become secondary and they become not very good at those things either, you know? So, you know, again, you just see, there's a million stories, you know, of people like that, you know, where they were just unbelievable on the field. They were great teammates, but when they got out in the public or got out with, you know, in their other parts of their life, they couldn't function, you know, very well, you know? Yeah. Well, as we, uh, as we start to wind down, Bruce, tell us what happened to, these teams as they as the yeah. season went on well as the season went on as we said earlier it was a better season for the cubs than the cardinals and of course sosa got the mvp for the national league <laughs> and uh, that was an accomplishment certainly that he deserved and i would say this was this was uh, a year for the cardinals you celebrated mcguire's accomplishments but you were also a little disappointed in your in your record and the fact you had these quality ball players, but it didn't materialize in this 90 plus win year. So it's like a lot of things in baseball ambivalence. You have this 
elation and you have this depression almost simultaneously a lot. And it's the same way with the game. Sometimes you go to a game and your team wins five to four, but they've hit four double play balls and you weren't too yeah. happy about that. <laughs> yeah, no, let's have it right. Or you've had a right or, or an injury happens or something that's like, or it's late in the season where, yes, you've gone home with an exciting win there, but you still are buried in the standings yeah. and you're going yeah. nowhere, you know. We haven't talked enough about Bud. Here's and here's just a quick little Bud before we go. I just think that's perfect to wrap up old Bud C. Like just the perfect guy and the perfect face to say, "Yeah, end whatever's happening" because Bud Seelig's on. Um, yeah. Probably the worst guy in that era and the worst scenario. You know, like probably the one guy who could mess that all up in some ways and did eventually. You know, I don't know if you have a different opinion, Andy or Bruce, but yeah, I'm Bud Selig is, is a hysterical figure to me. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I think Bud didn't do a great, you know, because I think the thing about Bud is he will, regardless, his legacy will always be the strike. Yeah, right. You know, and that that's the legacy. Well, that, that and then the, the all-star game, right? The tie all-star game the to tie, me. Right. Show because it just... His level of like looking around, not knowing what to do, it being very public, right? He was out yeah. there in on the front, literally in the front row, just showing how kind of befuddled and goofy, yeah. you know, he just couldn't figure it out. And it just was like a perfect microcosm of his time as commissioner, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, yep, that that's perfect for him. He, he, he met he like, I'm going to mess it up, fiddle fart around, look around, look real dumb and then make the wrong decision. Well, the... <laughs> I, yeah, I mean he he's a I think that's the the two things about him that that do stand out. Like yeah. right, wrong, or indifferent, that's you know, that's what's happened. So it is, yeah. And it's you know, a tough it's, job. No one no one loves old Manfred now, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I that mean it's, a, it's a, a very unpopular job. Nobody it likes really it. Baseball commissioner's never been a, yeah. a very revered place or uh, job. The basketball ones seem to skate by. Like people yeah. seem to like David Stern and Adam Silver, but like football and baseball, like they, they get seem, booed like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, you know, that we talked about that people had challenged this record for, you know, it, it stood for 27 years Yeah. with uh, Maris and uh, you know, it took, took 27 years for it to get, for it to get broken. Um, sadly for McGuire, this stood yeah. for uh, uh, three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh barry bonds broke that three years later hit uh what was it yeah. 73 yeah that bonds ended up yeah it broke it by three so you know i've always similar... been happy in one regard though that hank aaron was able to get the home run career thing because i really thought that he didn't have those individual years but man he had that terrific career and end up and I, I, i'm really happy that someone like hank aaron was the one who had that record such a great point. Exactly. A very worthy human being, someone who you go, yeah, there's no, no real controversy there. Um, no, and with, if, you, with, if you look back on his career and he had to start out almost with those anti-racial things early in his career and yeah, he had 100%. to ride those buses and everything sure. like that. And he paid his dues. And then when he finally got there, he, he was a gentleman all the time, just did his job, did it well. And then he can walk away without any enemies. He can walk away with knowing he gave it his best shot, never griped or anything, just 
just did what he did and did it well. And I'm glad that he we can revere him that way. Exactly. Since he just died. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, exactly. And then there's so many other guys, too, you know, that didn't get an opportunity. Like, a, I think get kind of lost in the shuffle because of circumstances, you know, like a Clemente who was, you know, to me, one of the best ball players in the world, you know, and then oh, you know, he died in an airplane crash, literally helping, you know, poor people in his country, you know, mm-hmm. like, so you go and you look at some of these ball players now. And again, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, yeah, we, we, sometimes we, we, we can't put them on a pedestal because they're human beings, just like yes, every, right. you know, there's, there's good and bad teachers. There's good and bad you know, cops, there's good and bad, you know, every job, every facet of the, you know, world. Right. And and so right. that's what I've really tried to do again is, is I don't think I'll ever have another, you know, maybe Mahomes does, does run that line. I think I got some Mahomes gear, but for the most part, I like to keep it just, I don't want a personalized Jersey of a player, right? You know, I just want to, I root for the city. I root for the team, you know, I root for my buddies, you know, to be happy and us to be happy and have fun. But as far as just like, you know, putting those players and people up on a pedestal, you have to be careful, you know, because it's, yeah, you're new. Well, and the the thing about like the career home run record, you know, as you're talking about bonds and all of that, like that, even 755. Yeah. 700 is not going to be sniffed for a long time. No, guaranteed. So Pujols has Pujols is sitting at seven six seventy five. He may get there. Yeah, he may Maybe. get to seven hundred because he, he keeps hanging on. But he's but done he's, in a year or two. Yeah, There's he's no not way. getting to seven sixty three. No, I and mean the again, next I closest just... would be Miguel Cabrera sitting at four ninety seven. Hmm. You know, so he's no not going to get there. Yeah. No um, way. No, no one will because there's just. There's a longevity piece, like like Bruce said. There is a different part. It's just a different game and a different yeah, time. Yeah. The Henry Aaron probably people... had to keep playing. Think about it. Henry Aaron had to keep playing and keep making money in some mm-hmm. ways. Not that he was a poor man by the end of his career, I'm sure. But he also was, you know, if you pay we're, me seventy million dollars, at some point I'm gonna hang it up and enjoy my mansions and my cars. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm done. At some point I'm going. Do I want to keep going to another training camp? Keep grinding it out here. Right. Well, you know, whereas a lot of these guys, the longevity piece had to do with they they didn't get paid what they get paid now. And so they had to just keep playing to make the money. Whereas you sign a 10 year contract for, you know, 100 mil. Yeah. You might just call it good after that 10 year contract. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, you know, probably the closest guy that you say could possibly do it would be Mike Trout. Yeah. He's sitting at like 310. Yeah. And he's played 11 years. 11 years. So yeah, he'd need another, you know, I mean, another 12 years. You say, okay, well, let's just say he's going to do the exact same thing over the next 11 years. Well, that, okay. Now he's sitting at 620. He hasn't even right. reached Willie Mays. Yeah. No. And honestly, to me, he'd be dumb to do that. I mean, you know, part of so, me would yeah. go hang it up, buddy. Enjoy your money, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Banging it, you know, well, around here. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this watch along oh, with us. A lot of fun. I'm glad we could do you it. Know, so Always. McGuire got on here. He got a, yeah, a they nice, walked him they here. walked him. Um, so, yep, he would, uh, he would go on to hit what eight more throughout the yeah. season kind of went into a and, little bit and of a slump. last and, day, last home game, he hit the 69 and 70. I can attest to that. Having been there, Bruce was there. Oh, that is stands. awesome. That is awesome. Incidentally, Bruce, and I, again, we're talking about Ann Keel. Yeah. Ann Keel and McEwing, a guy named Joe McEwing. We're on base. He hit that 70. Nice. 
Well, and I love the story of you being in the parking lot, man. That is that is what fandom and that is what like there's many concerts that I've been that I'm like, if I can't get in, I'll just sit in the parking lot and kind of hear it, you know, so that's passion. And that's that's a real fan right there. It's like, hey, I'll I'm going. And if I got to be even in the parking lot, I can say I was there. So that's awesome. All right, Matt. Thanks, buddy. We'll we'll catch up soon. All right. Yeah. Your next broadcast. Thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, buddy. All right. (laughs) 